Good evening, church. Please turn with me to James chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. And if you're using the Pew Bible, you will find it on page 1071. 1071. James chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Verse 9. Uh, Let the brother of humble circumstances boast in his exaltation, but let the rich boast in his humiliation, because he will pass away like a flower of the field. Let's pray before we listen from God. Father God, we thank you for this time, and Lord, we pray that you will speak tonight through your word. And Lord, we pray that you will open our hearts and open our minds to receive your word. And Lord, we pray with the help of the Spirit that we will see Jesus. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In India, there are these elite engineering schools, much like the Ivy schools or Ivy League in the U.S. These are national schools, so students from all over the country try to get into them. And they start working towards getting admission from the ninth grade. And it is a great achievement if you do make it into those schools. It is very competitive. And uh, I did not apply for these schools, but I did get my undergraduate degree from one of the state schools. But when I was in grad school in the U.S., one of my classmates was actually from one of these national schools. He and I were in the same class, we took the same courses, we paid the same fees, and we got the same master's degree. And what's more, he and I both rejoiced when we graduated. It did not matter that he went to this elite school and I went to a state school. His great achievement in making it to the national school made no difference, and my degree from a state school did not disadvantage me in any way. Uh, I rejoiced when I got my master's degree, and so did he. Uh, James is giving us a similar scenario in our verses tonight. He's addressing two groups of Christians, and he's commanding both of them to boast. He first talks to the brother or Christian who is poor or of humble circumstances, and then he addresses the rich. Although there is some debate if James is addressing the rich believer or the rich non-believer, the context and construction in the original language points to the rich Christian. He's commanding both of them to boast, the humble or lowly brother, to boast in his exaltation or high place. And he's commanding the rich Christian to boast in his humiliation or in his lowliness. You know, we can see that both of them have a reason to boast. And even though it may seem that James is telling them to boast in opposite things, uh, we will see that that is not the case. And what's more is that we as Christians have the same reason to boast. So here is our big idea from these two verses uh, that James is telling us. Boast in your heavenly reality, not in your earthly circumstance. Boast in your heavenly reality, 
and not in your earthly circumstance. And we will see this by asking two questions. Number one, what does it mean to boast in our heavenly reality? And number two, how do we do that? Number one, what does it mean to boast in our heavenly reality? And number two, how do we do that? So first, what does it mean to boast in our heavenly reality? You know, our verses tonight, they're not isolated verses. And sometimes when you read James, it can seem disjointed. But James is very careful to tie thoughts back to what he has previously said. There is one main thought in verses 2 through 11. And the thought is that count all kinds of trials as joy and to have a godly perspective about them. He says that they are encountering these trials so they can become mature and complete. And he tells them to ask God for wisdom so that they can see it as that. Right? So, and in verse 9, he is addressing a very real trial that these dispersed Christians are facing, which is poverty. The word used in Greek is translated humble or lowly. And this could mean someone with a low social status, someone who is not elite. And in contrast with verse 10, the implication is that the brother who is, of a, is lowly because he is not like the rich. That is, he's poor. right? And James is telling him that you may be poor, dear brother, but I want you to boast because you have a high place. What is this high place that James is talking about? This high place is his standing in Christ. Remember, this is a Christian that James is addressing. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6, Paul writes that those who are made alive in Christ are now raised up with him and are seated with Jesus in the heavens. There can be nothing higher for us than this. No position on earth can compare to our status in Christ. And the reason we have this is because of the finished work of Christ. The high place is not something that we have gained for ourselves. And as a matter of fact, we cannot gain it for ourselves. It is not something that we can work hard at, like getting into a school. It can only be received, or it can only, it, we can only have that because of God's love for us. And God demonstrated this love for us by sending his son to be born in our likeness. By Jesus going through the trials of this world just like we do. By being tempted in every way yet without sin. And by taking our sins upon himself because we could never pay the debt. By dying on the cross as the just punishment for our sins. But Jesus did not stay dead. He rose again, overcoming death and giving us new life. And the call to us is to turn away from our ways of exalting ourselves. From the ways that the world tells us that we can exalt ourselves. And to cling to Jesus through faith. Because only in him can we be seated in the high places. Only in him is there real boasting. If you are that person who has not turned to Christ in faith. Then please talk to one of the church members here before you leave tonight. And and Christian... Know that we are secure in Christ and we have a high place because of our union with Christ, no matter our earthly circumstance. 
James does not say this only to the poor brother. He also addresses the rich brother to not exalt in his riches or in his earthly comfort. He tells him in the second part of verse 10, Like the flower of the field, which is here one day and gone the next, he will also vanish from this earth. You know, the analogy of the flower of the field is used often in the Old Testament, uh, particularly in Isaiah chapter 40 and verses 6 through 8, to show the temporary reality of life on earth. And Jesus explained this truth using the parable of the rich fool in um, Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. The rich guy, he had so much possession and he told himself, I'm going to build a bigger barn and I'm going to store all my riches over there and I'm going to enjoy myself for the rest of my life. And what happened? God told him that, you fool, you're going to die tonight. And James is echoing the same thing here. He says, hey there, dear brother, you who are rich, do not boast in your earthly circumstances. Matthew Henry, in his commentary, he writes that our boasting and our rejoicing must be greater in the grace of God than in the providence of God. Our boasting and our rejoicing must be greater in the grace of God than in the providence of God. We should rejoice more greatly in how God has rescued us in Jesus than in the earthly blessings he has given us. I mean, isn't that what we just sung in Sands of Time? The bride eyes not her garments, but her dear bridegroom's face. I will not gaze at glory, but on my king of grace. Not at the crown he giveth, but on his pierced hand. The lamb is all the glory of Emmanuel's land. We should not look to our earthly circumstance, but to our heavenly reality to boast. But James tells the rich brother to actually boast in his lowliness. What is the lowliness that the rich brother is supposed to boast in? He is to boast because he is a servant of Christ. He is a servant of his fellow brothers. He may have a high place in the society, but in Christ, he is a servant. In this, he must boast. Isn't it amazing how we can become mature and complete when we have a godly perspective? Those who have been blessed by the Lord in this life are to use their blessings for the good of the body of Christ. And in this way, glorify Christ. This should be the boast of the rich Christian, that he or she is an instrument in the hands of God. Which brings me to my second point, how do we boast? Number one, we can only boast if we have a godly perspective. If we have an earthly perspective and if we focus on the things of this earth, there will be no reason for us to boast. I mean, the earth is filled with so much distress how can we find any reason to boast in it? Instead, we should turn our eyes upon God and upon his promises in his word. We need to fill our minds and our hearts with his word so that our focus is on, the, is on who we are in Christ and not on who we are on this earth. This way, we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind and have a godly perspective. 
You know, there is a there is somewhat a silly story about three friends named Fate, Fear, and Feelings, and they all go on a journey, and they take t- turns driving. Uh, Fate was the first one to drive, and they moved forward towards their destination. Fate got tired, and Fear offered to drive. Fear somehow ended up driving in the opposite direction from their destination. And finally, it was Feelings' turn. And when Feelings was driving, they strayed off the road, they went sideways, and ended up in a ditch. It is somewhat of a silly story, but the point is to be guided by our faith in Christ through his word. Not by our fear of things in this world, or by the way we feel about earthly things. Number two, let's use the gifts that God has given us to serve one another. God has given each of us gifts, all kinds of gifts, preaching, teaching, administration, greeting, music, audio, technology, hospitality, and so much more. We should boast because we have the opportunity to serve the body of Christ. No matter how we serve, we serve his body, and that should be our boast and our glory. Third, let's use our resources to help the poor, the needy, and the lowly ones in our world. The second greatest commandment is to love our neighbors. And in explaining who our, neighbors, who our neighbor is, Jesus included everybody, not just those who measure up to our expectations. This includes the drunk on the street, the homeless, the panhandlers, the downtrodden in our society. There are many Christian organizations that are engaged in this task. We can support them by volunteering with them or by giving financially. A great example is Fostering Hope. And this morning when Kevin was praying, he spoke about the refugees. That is becoming a real crisis in our world. And there are so many organizations, Christian organizations, who are supporting this work. We should plan to show God's love. We should plan to show God's love. And we do this because God has lifted us out of our lowly state. And as his representatives on earth, we should bless the lowly in this world. And rejoice and boast that we get the opportunity to do that. You know, I want to close by reminding us of Jesus' words in John 16:33. He said, You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Yes, we will have suffering in this world. But we can boast, irrespective of our circumstances, no matter what we're going through in life, be it riches or be it it poverty, we can boast because our champion, our savior, he has overcome the world. And in him, we are victorious and we can boast. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your love for us, that you lifted us out of our lowly state. We could not do this by ourselves, but you did it. And Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we pray that we will do the same for those who are around us, that we will care for your body, that we will care for the poor, and that we will lift them up out of their lowly state, and we will boast in you no matter what we go through in life. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.